named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast, brought to you by Revis.com. I am Paul and I am with Mr. Sam Hunter this morning. Hello, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. Um, very well, thank you. I'm uh, sitting here and it's the first, you can tell that it's no longer summer in Australia, one week into autumn, because it's dark. Uh, and I swear to you, last <laughs> week, you and I were both sitting in, like, basking in sunshine. We were both like, oh, who is this? You could yeah. almost think we're in the same place. Yeah, no the more. Daffod- the daffodils are out. There's a bit of blossom coming on the trees. The market yeah. feels like, you know, it's getting a bit of that spring activity into it. So, yeah, all all pretty positive. I'm looking forward to a productive few months, I think. Very good. I think this is this is those those go moments mm. when the world starts coming back to life a little bit now. I still think there's going to be challenges around interest rate rises and cost of living, unfortunately, is not going away and, you know, heating prices and things like that. But if you're listening to this and if you can just ignore, we're going to talk about mindset today, actually. So this is a really good segue into that. Uh, but if you can ignore your bill, but realize that there's going to be thousands of other people who are getting things like that as well and, and maybe aren't going to be in, in the fortunate position that you are to be able to keep paying it, those people are going to need your help. So we, we spoke about this way back, like I think it was like 2019, and we spoke about it again at the start of lockdown about being the empathy agent and going in there and asking before you offer any sort of advice whatsoever, right? It's it's understand the problem as far as you as much as you possibly can and and until there is a legitimate problem to solve don't start solving problems so don't mm. don't offer valuations don't do this go in figure out what are the five best questions that i can ask 20 people in my marketplace five days a week why is that figure those that's... out life takes care of itself yeah let's go back to asking why is that um why is that that was a fantastic question that you know probably not used enough in uh, in recent months um, however, what's I'm... that <laughs> yeah exactly see we could go on um however i am really excited to speak to today's guest you know you know quite a lot of discussions about mindset about positivity and, and what have you so um rather than us talk about it before why don't we just dive in and introduce her yeah let's do it looking back at some of the most listened to episodes of this show over the last three years one of the commonalities across all of them is that the majority of those episodes were with guests who came recommended by friends of the show you guys the listeners so with that said, uh, no pressure on today's well-recommended guest. She joins us with over a decade of experience in estate agency and now focuses her passion and energy on providing uh, estate agency sales and leadership training programs rooted in positive psychology. We're going to come back to that throughout this show, I reckon. Uh, and, and her goal is to empower agents to grow, perform, and succeed at work. Nicola Denman, welcome to the World Class Agency Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for joining um, us, Nicola. Looking at your career and um, everything you've done so far, we've got a lot of questions that we're keen to ask. But uh, as you know, we have a question that we ask everyone that comes on um, this show, and it's 
one that we're excited to hear your answer. What does world-class estate agency look like to you? Now you're right. I knew you were going to ask me this. Um, <laughs> and I've been listening to some of your podcasts recently, which I've really, really enjoyed. Um, and actually, it's an interesting one, because I think if you'd have asked me this uh, five or six years ago, when I was sort of at the height of my estate agency career, I think I'd have said something very similar to some of the things that have come up before in terms of it is about providing that outstanding customer service for absolutely everybody that you come across and um, building that trust, establishing that rapport, but also it's about doing all of the small things really effectively and consistently all the time. So it's about following up. It's about getting back to somebody when you've said you're going to find something out, having a really productive call out, educating them on the market and all of those small things which sort of lead to that success. But actually, those can be really difficult to do when you are also really excited about trying to agree offers or you're pretty stressed out with dealing with a fall through or a home buyer survey report that's come through and it, it has got things that you weren't expecting. So actually, I would take a big step back from all of that and say that to me now, world-class estate agency is all about having the right mindset. Absolutely, everything you do starts with mindset. And if, if you're not approaching the role with a positive mindset, then you're probably not going to get the outcome you're looking for. You know, this is an industry that can be extremely exhilarating and rewarding. Mm -hmm. I've sort of been there firsthand when things are going well, it's great. But on the flip side, there are lots of variables that are out of your control. And whether it is that sort of um, failed mortgage application or a landlord and tenant change circumstances at the last minute something you've been working on for months when that falls through and often your monthly pay packet relies on that as well if you're working on commission mentally it can be really tough to actually pick yourself back up come back to the role with some grit some determination and provide that outstanding customer service when you're really not feeling like things mm. are going well um, and also getting on with all those small things that are really important but it feels like there's other bigger things going on so actually being able to tune in um, to your mindset, recognize when that negativity might be creeping in and starting to get the better of you and affecting your day, that is the key. And, and having the tools to be able to pick yourself up when things are not going so well um, and approach each day with a really positive mindset um, and apply this growth mindset, um, I believe to be the key. Can you talk us through uh, more about what your idea of a growth mindset is because I, I everything you just said there it was and mark i think was the same because i was sort of looking at him listening and he's like i've had one of those days and we've all we've all had yeah. those days in agency right where you're thinking great my, my pipeline's strong everything's going smoothly and and something i remind myself all the time is nothing's ever as good or as bad as it feels at the time <laughs> um and then something yeah. comes along like you said like a failed mortgage application or worse in the way that property works in the uk uh somebody just changes their mind um and it can really it can really affect you so can you can you walk us through what that positive mindset looks like what uh, and maybe offer a couple of tools as to how you can sort of practice that when stuff goes wrong yeah, absolutely. Um, and as you know, this is the app. This is the reason why I sort of put this together was because I could instantly see that that having those tough days really, really is relevant to this role. Um, so somebody with a growth mindset, um, they sort of have this desire to learn. So they sort of recognise that your intelligence, the, the skills 
to be good at your job, you can learn them compared to the opposite of this, which is this fixed mindset where you just believe that you have this natural innate ability to be good at something. So you might believe that you're naturally a good salesperson and and, and that's sort of how you get those skills. So start with you need to be applying this learning mindset where you truly believe you can improve um, by putting the hard work and the effort in. So you're more likely to embrace a challenge. You persist for longer when when things are tough. Um, you actively seek criticism. So if you're trying to adopt this growth mindset within your role, then you'll be asking for feedback, maybe asking for people to shadow you on viewings, to listen into negotiations, find out how you can improve, um, as opposed to seeing criticism or feedback as, oh, I'm no good at my job, you know, mm. I'm not gonna do, do very well today. Um, but also if somebody else is doing well in the office, you're inspired by that success. And instead of feeling threatened and, and worse about yourself, being able to celebrate that and think, you know, well, if they can do that, there's no reason why I can't do it either. Those are sort of the key traits to applying this growth mindset. Um, and I think if if you want to recognize that within your role, you can sort of um, tune into some of the so so within my training with the clients that I work with, I um, get them to become aware of fixed mindset behaviors so they can tune in to when those behaviors might be cropping up and mm. then recognize what they are and sort of how to tackle them. Um, sorry, Mark, that I'm going to ask all the follow-up questions, but this is fascinating to me. <laughs> um, so you just sort of listed that uh, having a learning mindset or maybe a growth mindset, you're more likely to embrace a challenge. You persist for longer when things get tough. You you chase out critical feedback. You're inspired by other success. Mm-hmm. If if I was to look at a room of estate agents, the listeners of this show were standing, you wouldn't think that that describes a, a lot of people within the industry. You know, a lot of a lot of people, and I think maybe this is why you have a successful career doing what you do, right? So, how do you encourage that level of thinking? Like, do you? How would you maybe go about it if somebody's listening to this or they've been referred this episode because maybe they've had a, a tough couple of weeks and someone was like, "Listen to this; it's going to change your life." How would you help them get into the mood of embracing a challenge, right, or, or persisting when things get a bit tough? Okay, so yeah, so within my um, sort of sessions, I cover with them, basically educate them on what a growth mindset is and how to get one. Um, the first thing they need to do to sort of believe in this and realize that it's not airy fairy mm-hmm. stuff is to know about the science. So obviously, I've studied positive psychology and my background is in psychology. So that is sort of a real interest to me and understanding that actually this the process of this um is all about neuroplasticity and actually rewiring your brain so just like you would practice a a violin and learn an instrument when you first start um you probably wouldn't play a very good tune and you haven't got any neural pathways in your brain for that skill but as you practice that violin by the time you get to grade seven or grade eight the things you were playing in grade one you can almost play without even thinking because Mm. you have built neural pathways in your brain your brain has traveled that pathway so many times that it can do it and the same can be done for our for our thinking habits so i need to get um sort of employees to believe that it's possible so i I tell them a bit about the science educate them on the fact that you're rewiring your brain you can't just just listen to a presentation and, and feel motivated and think, right, yeah, I'm inspired. I'm going to go out there and um, improve my mindset. You have to actually take action and practice. And it's through taking action by going out of your comfort zone, you know, asking for the offers um, that then you see 
the growth and that then reinforces the belief that actually I can do this and that I am good at my job and that I will turn things around so the first step is sort of believing you can do it the second step is taking positive action giving something a go and then the third step is is the growth because you've taken that action and given yourself that opportunity um a really um good example actually of that of going out to come soon I will never forget my first couple of weeks um or sort of first couple of months being a trainee lettings negotiator because I, I started my sort of career um in a state agency and two girls came into the office um I had a really good I sat down qualified them did everything I'd sort of been trained to do and I had a really good property at the end of my road that I wanted to show them but I I didn't have much time I had another viewing tour sort of lined up and I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just take them down. I, I sort of knew I should have been doing a viewing tour and I couldn't just show them one property, but it was really good. I knew it was going to go quickly and I sort of just knew it was right for them. So I, I took them down to this property, talked about the market, educated them on the way. They walked in, they loved it. Um, I knew that it sort of ticked everything thereafter. And we were walking back up to the office um, and it was silent. And I was sort of having this internal battle in my head going, just just ask them for an offer. And no, no, you can't ask them for an offer. It's too soon, they've only seen one property. You need to take them out later and do a tour. And they're gonna think you're a sort of typical estate agent. And then I was like, no, but they like it. It's the best they're gonna see. And if they don't offer, it's gonna go. And I sort of had this internal battle and part of me just thought, just, just go for it, just do it. So I just said to them, you know, would you like to come in the office and, and fill out an offer form? And they, and they just said, yes, they came in, we filled out the offer form, we called the landlord over there and it, and it got agreed. <laughs> I just took a step back from that. I thought, God, if I hadn't gone out of my comfort zone, and actually asked that question, that deal never would have happened. Hmm. Chances are they'd have gone off, seen other agents. Um, and it's just a really clear example how it felt uncomfortable, but actually if it feels uncomfortable, it's probably right. Give it a go and and then and then learn from that. And that's what builds your growth mindset. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm glad Sam's let me have a word yeah. here because I knew... <laughs> I knew I'd struggle to get one in. This is right up his street. But loads of the stuff that you said, I think, is is really interesting. Um, one thing I want to come back to, Nicola, is something that I was listening to on another podcast about criticism as well. And you said before about part of generating a growth mindset is to actively attract criticism. How can we go out of our comfort zone to that level so that we actually get that um sort of attracting criticism and attracting feedback um is sort of more habitual than just every now and again what tools do you give your clients so that they can actually go through that because that's quite a comfortable thing for most people to do particularly if you are a senior member in in a team and and that sort of thing how how can we go out to actively get that feedback i guess um it's about being curious isn't it if, if you yourself want to get get feedback you've got to just start being curious um and asking questions um but there's things as a as a manager you can or as a leader of your team you can do um maybe that sort of give feedback without directly giving feedback so you want to create this this sort of learn it all culture so one of the things that i sort of do in my team is say sorry within my training is to say um an exercise in your morning meeting called the huddle where everybody shares goes around sharing one success and something that has led to that success so they get two minutes to, to talk about a success that they've had that week and 
pinpoint exactly what has led to that so that everybody else can sort of hear um, the reasons behind their success and sort of learn from that. Once you've gone around and everybody's done that, then you then have a chance to bring to the table one challenge that you're also facing and you open it up to the room for everybody to offer um, some solutions and some advice to help you cope with that challenge. So the, and I would strongly recommend that the sort of manager of the group also brings their success and their challenge. And what you're doing is creating this culture where you're all learning from each other. Um, people then are sort of held accountable to go and tackle those challenges because they've been given some some options and some advice um, but also as a, as a leader you're then given a to-do list of things to do for the rest of the day and, and what's really important but you've also seen what's led to the success so it's sort of providing feedback and things through learning through each other and sort of being curious just other ways you can do it and does that that will then cover off the celebrating of the success as well won't it that'll create that real team bond of you know someone's done something successful so everyone else then naturally celebrates that by you know having it in this huddle that you talk about absolutely and it, and it feels really good to sort of be given the opportunity to do that and also then that's tapping into your your gratitude i know you've mentioned this on a podcast before you know being able to recognize the good in your day there's so much research to show how that is good for your mental health but as well as building your resilience you know you're able to handle more stressful situations and more challenges because you've built that resilience and you can find the good in your day so it's sort of tapping into that as well another thing as a manager um just tuning into the language that you use so um sort of um when you're giving praise when you're recognizing talent within your team actually recognizing the effort it takes to get to the outcome as opposed to just saying, you know, oh, you're amazing. You've agreed two deals already this week, or you're such a natural at handling tricky conversations. You're know, well done. Actually, there's small tweaks we can do. Um, so you would sort of flip that and say, um, I can see you, you really persevered with those tricky applicants last week. You put in some time, you stayed late with them and that's what's led to a deal this week. So well done, you know, for not giving up. Or I can see you're handling a really difficult call there, but by staying calm and being patient, you managed to come up with a couple of solutions. So well done. And there's lots of research to show that the environment that we create um, can actually um, foster this sort of growth mindset culture, which we, we want to build. You just gave me one of those like sit up in your chair moments, Nicola, with that, because <laughs> uh, I really like, and, and this would be a strange way of putting this, but I really like your language of tune in uh, to and tune into the language that you use or tune into your mindset, because I think that's something that everyone can understand. We've all, we've all tuned to radio at some point in our lives, right? Maybe not the 18 year olds listening to this who just <laughs> click an app and away they go. Um, if, if you're wondering what tune in means, guys, reach out and we'll help you understand what it was like back in the early 2000s. Um, but I think that the point that you just made there about recognizing the effort that it takes rather than just the outcome, that is, that is the feedback mechanism for focusing on process rather than results and building a, a habit rather than just having a goal and staring at it all day, every day. Right. Because sometimes if you just focus on the outcome, um, from a feedback perspective, it can create big heads. I know if, if you keep telling people how good they are, uh, then suddenly they start thinking they're good. I, I tell a story about my career going really well at the start uh, because I was naive and I didn't know anything. So all I did was ask people lots of questions. And then the moment I had a bank of stories to tell and success to talk about, I stopped asking questions and just started talking about my success and my career went the other way. Um, and I think 
feedback is a bit the same. If you want to re and, and it comes back to the point that you made before and uh, I, I'm loving this conversation, right? It's you, you want to build those pathways, make those interconnected wires stronger and stronger and stronger. So you're reinforcing the action, like you said before, rather than just the outcome. And I think if you if you want to get those results, focus on the process, do the little things, the big things, live in the little things, right? Be consistent, follow up, all that sort of stuff. But then, yeah, if you want to praise a person for getting that, I, I love the fact that you're talking about recognizing that effort rather than the outcome. Um, I'm just trying to think now to, to ask a question or think of a question that's going to speak to a lot of the managers or business owners that listen to this podcast, right? So maybe they, that would be a different way of approaching it for them. Is there anything that you could recommend to them for the first time they give that feedback? Because I imagine if they just switched it on today, you know, Tuesday, the 7th of March, they have their morning meeting. Like, right, guys, we're doing a huddle today. What happened, <laughs> right? Other than obviously getting you in and they can run through these sessions and everything like that. And we'll talk about how you can do that at the end. Um, is there any any recommendation you give somebody today for how they might start going down this process of, of reinforcing the the actions rather than the outcomes? Um, oh, that's a, that's a tricky question, really. I, I mean, I would just say, just just start. Um, you know, there's no, you know, just just say to people, you know, we're going to sort of really have a think about you know, our mindset and how we're approaching things. And if you just start, especially with the the praise, I'd say that's the easiest one because we're all guilty of that. I mean, I still do it today, you know, where you sort of, I praise my children and then I think, oh no, I must praise the effort, not just to tell them it's a wonderful picture, tell them that, you know, it's the fact that they've spent time on that and they've taken some care. And actually I'd say the praise is the easiest one. Just start by saying, you know, identifying what it is that's got to the process. That's sort of the first way. And, and before you know it, I think you'll see that you'll, those effective behaviors will start to be sort of repeated. Um, because you're absolutely right with what what you said in terms of you don't want to create um, sort of um, negotiations that are just so focused on just that outcome and we'll do whatever it takes. Mm. You know, if, if they think that that outcome is so important, they're more likely to lie, hoard resources to themselves. It's, it doesn't create that good culture. So if you want to just start um, creating a culture where people are learning from each other, um, then just start it to sort of introduce it slowly, I suppose. Um, just trying to think of other things that you could do. Um, questioning, sort of building that coaching-led relationship. I think that's quite key as a manager. So even um, within um, typical conversations, asking when something went wrong, you know, why do you think that was? Or what do you think you could do differently? Um, just sort of starting to sort of question and be curious and find out a bit more. Simply if you said to someone, oh, if you did that again, like, what would you do differently? Just gets them thinking for a minute. Actually, yeah, what did I learn and, and how would I change that? So maybe some of the questions that you start using as well. Mm, I, I, I like the coaching-led relationship. I think we've spoken to a few people on this show in the past about that's what's really changed their business is they went from uh, how many calls did you make yesterday to like tell me about the best phone call you had and then tell me about the worst um, because ideally then they're trying, you're getting to the root cause. Um, it's a bit like if you're trying to understand where a project's gone wrong or something like that, you're trying to get, you do like a root cause analysis. Why did this happen? Well, because of this. Well, why did that happen? Well, because of this. Well, why did that happen? And I don't know if anyone here knows about five whys, but you keep drilling down and you're a bit like a two-year-old screaming in the living room of like, why can't I have ice cream? Because it's dinner time. Why? Why is it dinner time? Why is it not whatever yeah. it might be? You know. So sorry for everyone listening home. If you can hear my kid, 
she's having a whale of a time at the moment. Um, coming back to what we were talking about, you you spoke about positive psychology before, um, and um, I I've been sort of quite heavily focused on mental health, not just in a state agency, but but otherwise because I've had those firsthand experiences of like the ups and downs um, of not just a year in real estate, but but a day. And so I'm I'm keen to understand um, what positive psychology is more than anything else um, and how you sort of employ it or deploy it within your practice. Um, and if it's what we've talked about already, great. If there's any more specifics you can uh, go into, we would love that. And then just maybe one or two things that some that our listeners could take away today and sort of, you know, implement. Yeah, sure. So positive psychology, um, it's different from traditional psychology. So traditional psychology looks at sort of treating a dysfunctional behavior or disorder once it's been developed, like treating the symptoms of depression or, or anxiety. But positive psychology is a study of sort of optimal human functioning so it's looking people looking at people who are already thriving and doing really well and the factors that sort of get them there and and what it is that maintains them sort of gets them and keeps them in that state thriving and how we can get more of that into our everyday sort of lives um, so within positive psychology, we look at focusing on people's strengths. Um, there's lots of research. So if you keep doing the things that you're good at, you're happier as well. And it can it can boost your mental health. So hmm. actually, actually, when I do one to one work with clients, this is when the positive psychology comes in to that a bit more as well is where we sort of look at where their strengths lie in terms of their character traits um, and how we can apply those to their everyday role. So look at examples where they've already applied them and then look at how they can sort of integrate them more. And if I suppose if you're interested in, in doing that, there is a, a VIA Institute sort of free assessment tool, um, which you can go online and, and, and fill out and then you'll, you'll work out your top five character strengths. If you want to explore that further, you, you can do. Cool. We might get the link from you uh, for that and then stick it in the show notes as well. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. So the, the reason I asked that question, uh, my sister's a clinical psychologist. And I think she spends the majority of her time working through pain and, and getting people to sort of realize what they might be able to do, a lot of CBT, things like that. But this, yeah, I, I'd, I'd not really understood too much of it before. And I totally agree with you, Mark. And I was having a separate conversation about uh, something that I'm doing here. And it, it is that like, doing what you're good at does boost your mood. It does mm -hmm. make you happy. Um, and that's, I don't know, might be too simplistic to say, but that's the secret of life, but it kind of is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually the CBT, you know, that comes into this as well. And I do sort of sort of cover the basics of that in terms of recognizing what beliefs you have about yourself, mm. because that has a massive impact on how you feel. But then, you know, what you're saying affects how you feel and that affects your behavior. So we could be procrastinating, putting putting off calling back those landlords with feedback because we don't really know what we're going to say or we feel as though we haven't got anything good to say. So actually the things that we believe then affect our behaviors and that affects the outcomes. It will be a less positive outcome and then it feeds into that belief system that you know you don't have anything good to say because you've put it off and you haven't done your research so actually simply just changing those negative thoughts into positive just reframing and giving yourself some positive self-talk you're immediately going to feel a bit more motivated you're probably going to be a little bit more solution focused to problem solve and then you might not achieve absolutely every outcome that you desire but you're certainly going to achieve more than if you've approached something with this negative mindset. And I think I always say there's a really good statistic um, where we are 31% more productive um, at positive 
than we are at sort of negative or neutral. So when we think positively, wow. our energy levels rise and we work faster, harder and, and more intelligently. So, yeah. And is that one of the ways that we can help sort of iron out some of the highs and some of the lows? You talked to earlier on about estate agency, which funnily enough, I always think is a bit like parenthood we talked about having young children um before we hit record we say that as a high the lows the lows are low and i think a state agency can can be a bit like that but is that how you would talk to somebody about trying to overcome those extremes by having those you know perhaps more positive conversations when you know things don't go quite as well as you'd hoped and perhaps more realistic conversations and recognizing the effort when things do go really well rather than just the outcome yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was um, lettings director, one of the, the main things that I sort of, the challenges I faced was supporting and motivating employees to like consistently perform. There was always somebody in an office somewhere that was having a tough month and that I needed to take for coffee and have a chat and, and see, you know, how we can get them sort of performing again. And actually, when you look at their results over a period of time, often they have shown that they have had moments of success you know this role is not rocket science it is mm. about doing a small things really effectively and consistently all of the time so actually having that sort of uh resilience and perseverance to keep on going that that mindset is key because then you can do all of those small things um and actually certainly what i found was that these individuals had shown that they did have the ability, but they were just lacking at the moment, at that precise moment. And it could be things that are going on outside of work that, mm. that are affecting you that um, meant that they were struggling to sort of stay motivated and, and pick themselves back up. And actually, the biggest thing I found from, from doing the training is actually just making people aware of this um, and that, you know, there are things you can do. And if you're feeling stressed out and, and negative, that's OK. That's normal. We all we all have that. And you can turn it around just by coming out of your comfort zone, giving things a try. You'll start to see that you're you're making progress. I. Uh, I it's just it's incredibly simple when you phrase it like that. Right. It's, it's not maybe easy to do because sometimes some holes are bigger than others, but get we, we talk about prospecting all the time on this show and why people don't do it and everything like that. And there's a, there's a fear behind it, but actually that if, if you're having a bad time, a way you can get out of your comfort zone is picking up the telephone and calling somebody and finding out if you can help them. Right. And, and that is going to start rewiring some of these points to make you think a little bit better. Um, I was going to wrap up, but you said something before that was really interesting to me. So now I'm desperate to ask you one last question, <laughs> if that's okay. And that's, do you do you feel like the public's perception of estate agents plays a role in in the mindset of some agents out there? Like, do they almost buy into that nonsense that they're everyone's an asshole? For lack of a better way of describing it. What well, do I feel like that? Or yeah, so like, do you do you think that that the the public's perception of an agent and and it it varies in in levels, right? But on average, if you walk down the street and ask ten people, what do you think of an estate agent? You probably won't get the most uh, positive of responses. So, do you think that that plays a part in in the mindset that agents have to battle against day in day out? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do, and certainly, I it certainly would for me. Um, but I think as well that you can play that to your advantage because if you're not what they're expecting, if you are, you know, really approachable and trustworthy and honest and educate them on the market, and you're relatable, then that can work hugely to your advantage because they are going to come back to you time and time again to deal with you. So yes, I, I do think it definitely um, 
maybe plays a plays a role and it might be on your mind, but you can definitely twit, turn it around and, and use that to your advantage. I agree with you 100%. And I think actually that's why so many people who are new to the industry do really well because they aren't tarnished with that brush. They know who they are and actually why they got into that role and they come at it with fresh set of eyes, a, a great growth mindset of like, wow, there's so much to learn here and all they do is ask questions, listen to the answers and ideally try and serve those needs. So uh, Nicola, that was a great conversation. Thank you so much um, for one, locking your daughters out of your bedroom while you gave us this your time this morning as well, um, but also just giving us, you know, half an hour of a positive psychology lesson and ways in which if you're a neg, a valuer, manager, it doesn't matter, you can actually start building a sort of learn it all culture within your business and start reworking your mindset as well. So we really, really appreciate the time. Thank you. If anyone who's listening wants to get in touch, how's best to do that with you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. So Nicola Denman, they can contact me on LinkedIn or um, I can always give you my email and they can pop me an email info at yourmindsetmatters.co.uk. Cool. We'll stick that in the show notes as well. But from Mark and I and everybody listening, Nicola, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. A massive thank you once again to Nicola Denman from Your Mindset Matters for joining us today. Um, Sam, I don't know if we had anyone in that sort of field on the podcast before. I'm not sure we have specifically, um, but really interesting that she was um, recommended to us and certainly didn't, um, you know, didn't disappoint. There was, I've got a full page of notes here, stuff that, you know, some stuff that's a little bit of a reminder. The huddle kind of reminded me a little bit about what um, the Baldock brothers talked about a couple of weeks ago. Not that dissimilar to that, um, but actually so many learnings that we can take and apply into our business to make a real long lasting positive effect i feel yeah um i i sort of set it up at the start saying that we we always have the best conversations when people are recommended to us um and and i stand by that like, i think that was a really important conversation for the moment that we all find ourselves in um and it was explained simply eloquently you know it was very very clear that nicola knew what she was talking about and and not only practices what she preaches in, in herself, but also his results from her clients. Like the, the client that I referred to was a, a big, to us at least, was a big national brand that has her mm -hmm. in there doing that training with their negotiators, with their managers. Um, and I think that shows, well, it goes to show that one, everyone has bad days. And two, the most successful agents are the one that learn to work through them best. Mm -hmm. um, and I, for me, the, my, my takeaway from that, right, is that the agents who have a growth mindset or an open mindset are, are more likely to embrace challenges. And I think back to the conversations that we've been having since August last year, maybe. Yeah. Um, so not that far away from a year's worth of conversations where people were starting to feel anxious that they were mm. going to have to do some work again to go and achieve these results and and. The, the agents that embraced those challenges and the, the suppliers as well, anybody in, in the property market, right? They are today, I would say, not worried. Mm. You know, they, they just understand their process and they're going about their work like a professional. The people that didn't embrace those challenges, that didn't persist when things got tough, that maybe didn't chase the feedback as to why they lost those instructions. And that's a point that I want to come back to after I uh, finish this and you get a word in. I apologize for me doing all the talking today. Um, I think those people are right now thinking like, okay, 
now's the time we got to get serious. You know, we've really got to start maybe embracing this challenge, but so much harder. It's like you don't go to the gym for six months. It's really hard to go to the gym again, mm. you know? Yeah, and you've got to make, make a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, trying to get that in so it becomes a habit is that challenge, isn't it? It's like going mm. to, you know, you get up early at, you know, you know, Mine tends to be Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, up early. Those days go to the go to the gym, and it's easier once you start doing it. But actually doing it, those that first step is is always the hardest. Which Nicola kind of talked about with her example of when she had that lettings couple, um, there. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting from the conversation that that we had is Nicola started because she's got this really unique experience from being an agent mm. and that psychological background to now you know going into um, the positive mindset stuff i think that that makes you know her in quite a unique position to to talk about this stuff she she talked about estate agency being about a lot of little things and i always talk about that because i don't think estate agency is rocket science i think it's a lot of little things done really well i think that's mm-hmm. partly perhaps why potentially we get a bad rep because people don't recognize the difference between those little things and how they you know accumulate to make a make a result but i thought what was really interesting in, in is that she um recognized that the little things are really important but then also recognized and said how important your mindset is to make sure that you do those little things and that wasn't something that i'd ever really considered probably until today yeah there was a point in that conversation really early on um where she sort of said it, it, it world-class agency right is about doing all those things consistently and effectively mm-hmm. but actually no one talks about the moment shit hits the fan mm-hmm. can you can you come back to i remember speaking with uh my psychologist like a year ago and and he was like life's like a rubber band it's gonna stretch right and but it's how quickly can you get back to not being under a load of tension or how mm-hmm. how much can you keep it not on tension as as much as much as possible and I think it's it's really sort of similar here. It's like your mindset will determine if you've had a bad day, do you prospect tomorrow? Mm. You know, if you've had a couple of low offers or a seller rejected, do you go then and give the same honest professional feedback to the next seller? Um, or do you, you know, do you eat your frogs? At, if that's an easy way of describing if everybody understands that. And I, I've generally never really thought about it that way as well, but I can like, I don't know about you, but when we have these conversations with people on this show, I they say something and I think, yeah, I've done that, you know, yeah. or yeah, I've been there. And I, I thought to myself as well, I've had bad days where less so when I've been an employed agent, but when I was on my own, I'd have a bad day. I just go home, play PlayStation, mm-hmm. right? And that, there was there were points in my career where I was like better at FIFA than I was being, than I was better at, at real estate. And that was because I was shying away from those. Yeah. And it's only because you meet people who give you a good kick up the ass. And I don't think Nicola would ever say that's what she does for her clients. I'm sure she's mm. doing it in a far more professional way, but that's what mm. worked for me. And that, that helped me sort my mindset out. And actually as a leader these days, I try and offer that same advice. Sometimes it's a kick up the ass. Sometimes it's sitting down with people and, and asking the right questions so that they can come and find the solutions themselves. But I think if, if you're listening to this and you're a leader within your business, at any level and you're not doing that now's the time to start changing because mm. there are people who are clearly going to need your support yeah and for me you know i i was saying to some of the agents that i'm with moment last night that this podcast can be quite selfish i ask questions sometimes that are for my benefit and one of the things that was for me was i'm not very good with criticism that actively attracting criticism could be you know 
a really big thing to help me improve because I've got quite a good mindset, but clearly not in in that path. And I think as leaders, you know, it's a good way to, you know, show that you're looking to improve and, you know, cultivate that mm. that culture so that everyone else then feels comfortable enough to 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 do it. I think that was, you know, really important. Just the final point that I, I want to make is something that Nicola talked about about the actual psychology of it and your brain traveling that pathway before rewind mm. brain she talked about it as the positive i you know also thought that we she talked well about the highs and the lows and, and the negatives if you've never been through that losing a sale before or, or what have you then that becomes more challenging um and i think recognizing that is really important if you, you've got you know less experienced members of the team that are maybe struggling with that which is something that you know that i've experienced certainly yeah it, it was that analogy of you start playing an instrument you suck at it but if you stick mm. at it for a few years you start playing it blindfolded and yeah. that, that is anything with a new skill. And I, I feel like the older you get, the less you want to suck, the less you're prepared to suck. I, I had yeah. this conversation with, with uh, Lissy all the time. So she's just bought like a drawing course because she she wants to learn to draw. And, yeah. and she started it and the guy had his image on the screen and she had hers next to it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mine doesn't look like that. That's, you know, I suck. And I was like, that's the point though, isn't it? Like yeah. you, you wouldn't have bought the course if you were a great drawer at yeah, the end of the day yeah. and there was a i was looking on facebook marketplace the other day and i was going to buy a guitar because i feel like i want to learn the guitar but i actually said to myself i don't think i'm prepared to suck long enough to justify mm. going and buying this and not to mention not having the time um i think i want to come back to the point that you made about feedback because nicola said uh, a line um in it and I'm, I'm sure she said it but i wrote it down so i'm imagining it definitely didn't come out of my mind but she said to be curious about your performance and I think if if you or anybody listening to this, and I'm the same, right? I I accept feedback when I get it, um, and it's usually from the people closest to me. I, I think if there's somebody who's more than uh, arm's length away, you don't really get feedback from those people, um, and it's certainly never with good intent. But the people yeah. closest to you, if they are feeding back to you, there is good intent behind it, maybe just not uh, a great delivery. But if you're seeking it out, like you said, Maybe a, a more positive way to reframe it is to be curious about your performance. So, you know, instead of asking, hey, can you give me some feedback about that? It's like, how do you think I went there? Is there anything that you saw that I could be doing a little bit better? I'm literally open to it. Because again, like you say, as a leader, if you're offering somebody who's been in your business for a week, a year, whatever it might be, you know, the opportunity to critique the boss, they're going to take it with both hands. You're going to find out about them. Like, how do they handle that that moment? Yeah. Right. Uh, and then you may have the opportunity to, to feed things back into them and the relationship will improve, right? Because that's, to me, is just a form of great communication. You've got to have those tough, courageous, crucial, whatever you want to say, you've got to have those conversations for any relationship to improve. So that, that I think, is a really key piece of language. And then the other point that I'll make um, before I wrap up, because I know for everyone listening at home, Mark's about to go to a mastermind today and he's sitting there and he's like, I've got a couple of minutes, so let's go. <laughs> but we've managed to keep this dangerously to time which for us is a very good thing unique um, unique indeed so the, the last point that i'm going to make is is about language and it's just that like tune into your mindset and tune into the language that you use grab a sticky note right i'm going to do it literally right now and i'm going to sticky note my pc on the bottom of my second screen it's going to say tune into your mindset it might just say tune in so that way i can remind myself that it's about mindset and it's language as well we speak about language on this show all the time and it's it's 
again, recognizing the effort that it takes to get to the outcome, not just the outcome itself. That's a magnificent point. And I think anyone who has children, friends, uh, family, direct reports, indirect reports, whatever it might be, what a fantastic way to communicate feedback, praise, critique to anybody, right? Um, so tune into the language that you use at home and at work, um, but also tune into your own mindset. So again, that's why I read that Daily Stoic book every single day, right? Because it it gives me a thought to frame, yeah. even if it's for the next hour. Usually that's what gets me to the gym or gets me outside to go for a walk. If I don't read that book, then you know it's me versus me. And yeah. the other me has more of an, a shot of winning, right? Because I'm inherently a procrastination, lazy machine. Um, and I just battle against that day in, day out. So I'm going to work on tuning into my mindset more. And I'm going to work on tuning into my language, particularly with my kid, I think. Yeah. You know, and and gonna, kids, kids was an interesting one. I'm going to work on being more curious about my performance. But the kids was an interesting one about effort rather than outcome. Something else I mm. You know, the high performance podcast this week, you know, talking about trying to create, you know, good, well-rounded individuals that recognize outcome, uh, recognize effort rather than than outcome. So it's, you know, it, it reflected that um, really, really well. Um, I don't know about you, Sam, but I really enjoyed that chat. Um, Me too. You know, as you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it with colleagues. I think it would work for people both inside and outside the industry actually today. So a massive thank you once again to to Nicola for joining us. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week. This episode was sponsored by Revis.com. If you are looking to grow your new build department, you should check out Revis.com because it's a visualization tool that can help bring properties to life before a brick is laid. If you are wanting to show potential house buyers around property that isn't built yet, allow them to actually customize kitchens floor coverings, wallpaper, that sort of thing, then Revis.com is a great tool and I suggest that you check it out.